This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. This is Greg Olson here to tell you about my new podcast, TE1. On the show, I had a chance to talk to my fellow tight ends who have revolutionized the position from an extra lineman to a dual threat superstar. And just like my guests have changed the game, this year, NFLSundayTicket.tv is revolutionizing your NFL viewing experience. Stream all the live out-of-market NFL games every Sunday on your favorite devices and never miss a moment from your favorite players. Visit NFLSundayTicket.tv and use the promo code GREG88 at checkout and get 15% off your subscription. That's NFLSundayTicket.tv and the promo code GREG88. Subscribe to TE1 and get NFLSundayTicket.tv an unmatched dual threat. What's up, everybody? This is the Prince of Queens, Brian Myers, and the host of the Major Wrestling Figure Podcast. And you're listening to Top Rope Nation. Ladies and gentlemen, it is no time. Oh, no. Oh, yeah. I finished these fights. Give me a hell yeah. Top Rope Nation. Learn to love it. It's the best thing going today. What's going on, guys? It's episode 171 of Top Rope Nation. My name is Ryan Drosty of CBSComicBook.com. Here to break down all the news for you this week in the world of professional wrestling. We've got quite a bit on the agenda. We've got AEW All Out this Saturday night, we're going to talk a little bit about that card, as well as some breaking news stories in the world of pro wrestling that hit today and in the last couple of days since we reviewed uh, WWE Payback. And I am joined tonight, making his return for the first time since our SummerSlam 2020 post-show a week and a half ago, Mr. Justin Joint, back on the program. program. Justin, what's been going on in your neck of the woods? Not much. Been a been a busy week uh, at work. I'm just over here holding my breath that Vince McMahon does one of his shenanigans and takes away uh, somebody's like part of their name. Because all I want is uh, coming from Wichita Falls, Texas, weighing 340 pounds, Keith. Oh no, <laughs> that's gonna be the fix for him. <laughs> there it is. The that's music. what he needs to do. Yeah, we'll, we'll keep rolling with that outfit. Well, we tweaked it a little bit, but what we really need is just call him Keith, baby. Yeah. That'll do it. That's good shit. Yep. <laughs> That'll put the fear of Jesus in you. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. What a last couple of weeks it's been in the world of wrestling. Good to have you back on the program. Uh, guys, if you're listening for the first time, we are a twice-weekly professional wrestling podcast. You can find us wherever podcasts are found. That includes Apple, Spotify, TuneIn, Podbean, TopRopeNation.com. 
Wherever you are listening to this show, please do us a favor, hit subscribe. We would appreciate it so you don't miss any of our content coming up in the weeks ahead. Uh, And while you're there, leave us a five-star review, especially if you're one of our great listeners on Apple Podcasts. Leave us that five-star review and leave us a written review. If If you leave a written review, we will read it on the program. And we'll get a hold of you if you leave us your Twitter or Instagram username, and we'll send you a free Top Rope Nation die-cut sticker in the mail just for leaving us a nice written review. So go ahead and do that. But like I said, wherever you're finding your podcast, hit subscribe. And of course, we are members of the Blue Wire Podcasting Network. Check out bluewirepods.com for all of your podcasting needs. We've got shows on the NBA, the NFL, the NHL, MLB, movies, whatever you're into, Blue Wire Pods has the show for you. And of course, we'll be hearing later from our good sponsors over at Bet Online and Deal Dash, as well as NFL Sunday Ticket. So shout out to them for bringing Top Rope Nation to your ears twice a week. Uh, I do have to inform the listeners, our good buddy Kyle Ross was not able to make the program tonight, but he will be back this weekend late Saturday night as we record our review of AEW All Out. So Kyle will be back real soon, but tonight it's just myself and Justin breaking down the news. And uh, Justin, we got a lot to talk about. We wanted to talk about the Iron Man match on NXT last night. We can talk about AEW Dynamite tonight. I think just my first question for you, Justin, is what is your excitement level personally for AEW All Out this weekend? Um kind of low because I, I don't think I will be able to watch it until Monday maybe <laughs> yeah um, but I mean it's, it's just all in line with you know this no crowd stuff um, I, I guess the thing I'm most looking forward to is seeing where they go with some of these stories like with Hangman Page and Kenny Omega and uh, I'm very curious to see if they take the title off of Moxley this soon because I don't know I just, I just think it be kind of interesting that you know you've barely existed for a year and you'd have two champions already or this would be your third in mjf Mm -hmm. yeah so that i mean that's the headline match uh moxley defending against mjf and tonight's dynamite they did a decent job i think in building to that at the end of the program i mean overall i thought dynamite was kind of a lackluster go-home show for a pay-per-view but but the closing scene after Moxley uh, wrestled Mark Sterling of the Major Wrestling Figure Podcast fame, uh, who's been serving as MJF's lawyer on air for the last several weeks, uh, MJF threw aside the walker and the injury that he's been pretending to have for the last couple of weeks, and uh, he attacked Moxley in the ring. Moxley got juice. He bled all over the place, and uh, MJF took a bite out of his forehead, rubbed Moxley's blood all over him. It was pretty intense. I thought that was a good build to the pay-per-view. I mean, but overall, you've had that match. I guess Jericho and Cassidy, they've done a pretty good job building there. Um, Omega and Paige, I mean, that's the long-term story that's been going on in AEW. So their match with FTR, people are excited about. And, you know, I think it was a good move to bring in Thunder Rosa, the NWA women's champion. This this, uh, AEW women's division certainly been kind of lacking in recent months. Uh, So I'm excited about that. but like you said, Justin, to your point, overall, it's just it's kind of hard to get amped up for these shows in the, you know, the non-touring era of wrestling that we're in right now with, with the pandemic ongoing and everything. But, um, 
You know, you, you brought up an interesting point. Are they actually going to switch the title? And uh, we had a preview article I was just working on a little bit ago for comicbook.com, and that was one of the questions. And I'm not confident predicting this one at all. I think if it was in front of a crowd, I would, uh, you know, a full house, I'd be a lot more likely to pick MJF here. We talked on the program before that it, it's kind of seemed like long-term uh, MJF did kind of seem like a likely choice to dethrone Moxley, and then maybe they'd go to MJF and Cody, and that's how Cody would finally get the belt. You know, MJF challenges Cody, and they throw aside that stipulation from months ago where Cody could no longer wrestle for the AEW world title. I don't know. Some, somehow they would get to that. Uh, but now I'm not sure, and especially, you know, the way Dynamite ended this week with MJF standing tall above Moxley, you know, the 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 classic wrestling fan that I am, that would usually be a sign that Moxley would win. But, you know, I'm not so sure. AEW is a new company, and they're not necessarily going to abide by that. But uh, what what did you think of all of that? What did you think of the ending of Dynamite? And are you uh, going to make a pick, or are you going to leave us waiting on that one? I think I might make a pick. I I hated the ending until MJF finally got out there. And, and like you said, it, it, the blood, boy, it just adds so much to a feud. Mm-hmm. Um I don't. Do you think there's any chance AEW's overdoing it with the blood a little bit? It seems to be happening like every other week nowadays. I know. I mean, they certainly seem to be using that as a, a way to be different from WWE, I guess. But I do think in this day and age, you can certainly overdo it. I think that's. Uh, I think you walk a fine line for sure because I've been a wrestling fan for a long time. I've seen a lot of blood in wrestling, but sometimes it makes me a little. When I see a guy rubbing another guy's blood all over him. It's not, I mean, it's, it's effective, but I can't say I'm super into that kind of thing all the time. Like, I don't know. I, to me, the feud didn't warrant that. It didn't, it doesn't, the rubbing of the face that is when he rubbed it all over his face. That, that, that was a little bit too much. Yeah. Um, so I guess my question or what I've been trying to ponder is, you know, who has more to lose or, you know, more to, more to gain by a win or a loss. Right. Um, I mean, I, I kind of feel like Moxley's title reign has been kind of stalling. I I think the guy had a ton of momentum when he won it at revolution, but losing that crowd, I, it it took a lot away from him. I'm not sure anyone could, you know, succeed to a high level without the crowd there, but Moxley was a guy that was so popular with the crowd that it definitely hurt him um he was he was really peaking as a performer uh during his you know brief time with AEW I thought and it was definitely the right time to put the title on him uh you'd prefer to see him lose it in front of a packed house but I've got I've got I've got an especially stupid question for you okay does does the PWI number one ranking factor into their their decision at all (laughs) because he's number one he gets this little extra exposure that you know keep the title on him number one guy that's a de- that's actually not a stupid question i think that's a decent question um i don't think so i mean i think if this was the 90s or the 80s for sure i think just people still talk about it in social media and stuff but i'm not sure it just it has that kind of uh prestige that it used to i i I don't think so. I think they just overall, that's just good publicity for the company. But I, I don't think they'll base their base their uh, booking decisions on that. But could be wrong. What do you think? Do I think that that do you think that, PWI, that, that they could possibly use that in their decision here? I don't think so. No, I mean, 
I was kind of a little tongue-in-cheek that it gives them extra exposure. I mean, <laughs> being on TV gives a lot more exposure than yeah. PWI. But, you know, maybe just in the eyes of wrestling fans. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I don't, boy, this really is just kind of a coin flip, though, isn't it? I mean, mm-hmm. I actually they, used that exact term in the article, which has yet to publish, I believe. I said I called it a coin flip. <laughs> I mean, it really, I mean, neither guy winning would be a shock. They, they've built up MJF brilliantly brilliantly and I, I mean he's a heel so if he loses you know he can come up with every excuse in the book as to why that happened and turn that around i guess i i don't know what what moxley does after i i would almost i think i'm going to go with moxley i think he keep the title on moxley for a while maybe you can wait and do the title switch in a couple months or something yeah it's a tough decision. I, I went with MJF in the comicbook.com preview, but I'm not very confident in that. And I wrote that before I saw the ending to Dynamite. So like I mentioned, traditional wrestling booking, you, you would see Moxley get his revenge on Saturday night. I'm not super confident either way. I think I'm going to stick with MJF, but uh, I, like I said, I'm, I'm not sure. It's really tough to call. How about how about this Adam Page Kenny Omega thing? Because this has been booked very well for months. Um, you can go back here, go back into our archives, listen to uh, I think this show was the AEW Live Experience where I talk about being at Revolution in late February and how that crowd just went absolutely nuts when they were teasing the split even back then. Uh, you know, it's too bad that we're probably going to get the split not in front of a full audience because the crowd would go absolutely apeshit for it, I think. And uh, But I, I don't know that you can hold it off too much longer, you know, because I don't know how long it's going to be. It's it's probably going to be several months before we're back in front of a good-sized audience still. Well, you know, and isn't it, I swear to God, it's like once a month on one show or another, we're saying, you know, we're disappointed that they did something because we wish it would have been in front of fans, but you can't hold off on things forever because we don't know when things are going to be back to normal. I mean, look back when Matt Hardy debuted. We were like, oh, if they could have just waited, well, they would have been waiting a long freaking time to get him in front of any fans. Yeah, no kidding. So if they do the split, I guess the question here is, do they lose the titles to FTR? And then what happens afterwards? Okay, so tonight on Dynamite, you had FTR going after Adam Page a little bit. Um, Kenny Omega was out there. They were definitely building up the heat between the two of them. Uh, FTR blamed Adam for what he did to the Bucks the week before and, you know, kind of turning on his friends to allow uh, FTR to get the victory in the number one contenders match so that uh, they wouldn't have to face the Bucks again, who they had that awesome match with at Revolution back in February. Um, Page sold this so well. I mean, the guy looks so disheveled out there. His eyes were all red, like he's lost. And Omega was out there telling Paige, you know, don't let these guys FTR get in your head. I really had the feeling watching this, and I don't know about you, but, you know, everyone has thought that Paige, lately the the, the train of thought I've been reading a lot is that Paige is going to turn on Omega and join FTR, but I think it seems more likely that Omega turns on page and joins FTR you know they've been teasing that there's all this heat between Omega and FTR I think that that would be the swerve then don't you think because we we've talked a lot about how page would maybe be the more ideal baby face in this situation if you just go by the crowds before the pandemic and Omega has been a really good heel in the past 
So Justin, what would you think about them you know, teasing that and then going in the reverse direction and Omega goes heel and he's the one that joins FTR and potentially forming this new four horsemen group? Hmm, I don't mind it. I don't really like Omega as a member of that kind of group. Um, do we, would you say, is FTR been booked as full-on heels? Not full-on, but... Uh... I think kind of they're they're walking that line for sure. They're more on the heel side, yeah. I don't know. My thought was kind of with you was flipping it around and have Omega turn on Page, uh, and you know, kind of have the the Bucks who kicked Hangman out of the Elite and Omega kind of be the bad guys in a feud with Page and FTR. Because I like I like Page with FTR a little bit better than I would Omega. But, you know, once that all depends on how they do it, you know, who am I to judge something that hasn't happened yet? Yeah. I don't know. I mean, it's it's interesting. I am really looking forward to that match. I think it's going to be a freaking awesome match. And they could go so many different directions there, whether it is the new four horsemen or uh, what you mentioned, you know, the elite forming to take down Paige. We'll see what happens. But um, they certainly seem to hint, to your point, um, I think the Bucks have seemed kind of heelish even tonight. So yeah, I was going to say, yeah, I mean, you could be onto that too. That that's a direction. I think, I think it's going to be one of those two directions though. I, I don't know. I don't think, I don't think page is going to be the heel. I think that that would be a mistake. I mean, frankly, is there anything more heelish than calling your little pack of friends, the elite? (laughs) It's true. We are the elite, right? How obnoxious is that? Yeah. And Cody is not even on this show, so whether or not he will make an appearance remains to be seen, whether it's a pre-tape or if he makes a surprise appearance, we shall see. But um, yeah, I don't, I don't know. We'll see what happens. The rest of the card, I kind of talked about it a second ago, but you know, if you're not aware, we've got, again, Moxie and MJF, Jericho and Orange Cassidy, the tag match we were just talking about, uh, Hikaru Shida, Shida against Thunder Rosa, AEW women's title match. We've got the 21-man Casino Battle Royale. That I mean, that's kind of an interesting discussion point, and who's going to emerge from that with the chance at wrestling for the world title? We've got Dark Order taking on Matt Cardona, Scorpio Sky, and the Natural Nightmares, Dustin Rhodes and QT Marshall. Got Jurassic Express against the Bucks. That match was just made tonight on Dynamite. Um, they were the winning team, so now they face each other uh, in the match at all out on Saturday night and Matt Hardy versus Sammy Guevara on the pre-show. You got Britt Baker and big swall. So overall, I mean, it is, it's, it's a strong card. I think if this was in front of a packed house in Chicago, you know, the all out location, I'd be pretty pumped about it, but yes, absolutely. Yeah. It, it, it takes a little bite out of it to not have that crowd there, but overall, you know, we should, we could potentially get a match of the year contender with that Omega page and FTR match. So we shall see, but uh, we will definitely be dropping a review of that show late Saturday night after it concludes. Uh, Justin, as mentioned, won't be able to be on that show, but myself and Kyle will do it, and potentially a guest host, too. We'll see what we have, but uh, the plan is for that to be our Monday show next week. It will drop early for patrons of the show, so if you want to get the review of AEW All Out and support us in the process, the best way is to sign up to become a patron of the show. You get bonus content bonus podcast, a free gift in the mail. Check out out all the details at patreon.com slash top rope nation. The link is right there in the podcast description. 
you'll get that review of AEW all out at least 24 hours before the general public. So check it out. Um, we're going to discuss a lot of other topics on the show tonight. Uh, but before we get to that, I do want to throw a shout out to our good friends over at NFL Sunday Ticket and the newest sponsors of Top Rope Nation, the good friends over at DoorDash. You've counted on restaurants. Now they're counting on you. And while their dining rooms may be closed, they're still open for delivery with DoorDash. DoorDash is the app that brings you the food you're craving right to your door. Ordering's easy. Open the DoorDash app, choose what you want to eat, and your food will be left safely outside your door with the new contactless delivery drop-off setting. Kyle, I don't know if you've used DoorDash, but it is super convenient. Um, me and my family, we like to go out to eat, and of course, during the pandemic, we haven't been doing that, but uh, with a service like DoorDash, we have been able to get food from some of our favorite restaurants still, which has been very nice. Have you used DoorDash, Kyle? Tell you something, man. I've always been a drive-through guy my yeah. entire years, and I'll, I'll just keep driving through. But no, um, yes, we've used DoorDash before. It's very uh, convenient, obviously. When you and something we should point out, you have kids, right? Yes. You know, so, sometimes going to these restaurants can be a real hassle. You know, mm-hmm. you forget the tablet. You're just you can't enjoy your meal. Oh, why not eat at home? Exactly. And you know, everyone gets sick of cooking so you got you got to eat out and doordash makes it very very simple choose from your favorite national restaurants like chipotle wendy's even the cheesecake factory Uh, many of your favorite local restaurants are still open for delivery too i always like to shop local and support my local eateries just open the doordash app select your favorite local spot and your food is on its way so here's a good deal for you guys as listeners of top rope nation right now our listeners can get $5 off and zero delivery fees on their first order of $15 or more when you download the DoorDash app and enter code BLUEWIRE. That's $5 off off your order and zero delivery fees on your first order when you download the DoorDash app in the App Store, enter the code BLUEWIRE. It's all one word, BLUEWIRE. No delivery charges and $5 off your first order with DoorDash. Great deal. Check it out. Sundays are coming back in the NFL with NFLSundayTicket.tv. You can stream every live out-of-market NFL game every Sunday afternoon on your favorite devices. Plus, Red Zone and DirecTV Fantasy Zone channels. Never miss your favorite teams and favorite players. No matter where you live, NFLSundayTicket.tv is your key to the most glorious Sundays ever. Use the promo code BLUEWIRE at checkout to get 15% off your subscription Visit NFLSundayTicket.tv and use the promo code BLUEWIRE. All right, so we're back. And Justin, you wanted to hit on the Iron Man match from the Tuesday night special of NXT last night. A lot of criticism for this one in the wrestling media and along along with wrestling fans as well. Justin, what did you make of the four-way Iron Man match? Okay. I'm a bit of a sucker for the Iron Man match. I, I know that they're kind of overhyped. Uh, the, normally, the first half an hour is kind of a dud. Uh, and, I, and I should say, the I, one hour Iron Man match. Uh, but I love them. I've, and, you know, I know Ring of Honor's done them, and I'm sure, you know, hundreds of other independents have done them, but I have never personally seen a, a four way Iron Man match. And then when you added it up with like the star power that was going to be in this match, you know, they're 
hyping it up like the pillars of NXT, the, the cornerstones. Uh, so I was pumped, so pumped that, you know, I've said it numerous times on this podcast, you and Kyle are the professionals, I'm not me. <laughs> I opened my laptop and I was taking freaking notes for this thing. Um, and to the point, like around the 30 minute mark, it was kind of also TV night for me and my wife. So around the 30 minute mark, she got done putting the kid down. She came out uh, and we had to watch episode two of Lovecraft Country, <laughs> Not, which isn't too bad. Not a bad show. Uh, and I put my phone away because I didn't want to see who won because I, I planned on watching it. And, you know, as soon as our show was done, I, I fired the match back up. And then I, I, I there's that moment Finn got that, that pin to go up by one. And I, I saw the camera shot. There's like 30 seconds left and you could see Adam Cole getting ready to come in. And I'll tell you what, I, I was, I, and I did after he got the win, I, I slammed my laptop shut. You know, I, I just can't believe it. I, I, it's like seeing that got me upset. Like Kyle Ross gets upset when he hears people playing journey. <laughs> Oh man. I don't I understand it. it on so many levels. For one, the, the match was okay. It, it wasn't too bad. Like as per usual, the second half was a lot better. The problem with this match was that it, it seemed to be the safest version possible of this, that I mean, it, it was kind of, it felt like the paint by colors, like anybody would probably book it this way. Uh, so there wasn't anything too exciting in that regards. And just, I don't understand how you're going to have people watch a match for an hour and have a non-finish. Just like, to tune in next week. Frankly, that makes me not want to tune in at all. And and then you, on top of that, you know, they planned on uh, putting a replay of it on Sci-Fi to go up against AEW. Why would anybody want to watch a one-hour draw? <laughs> Especially when, I mean, we're not talking you know, sting and Ric Flair here. Yeah. And so I just, I just don't understand it. And there's, there are some other small complaints I'd have about the match. And then there's frankly, there's a lot of good stuff in the match. You know, one thing that I found irritating is, and this was something I was really worried about with it being a, a four way, which, you know, I hate, I don't want to call it a fatal four way. Cause to me, a fatal four way is, you know, first pinfall wins it. Anywho, we were barely five minutes into the match and there was already two guys missing on the outside and champ. I had a rest hold on, on Finn. It was like, really? I mean, we can't go for a little while. <laughs> we're resting with 50. We're resting with 55 minutes left. Yeah. And then like they, the, there was no clock up the entire time. It, like it'd pop up like every 10 minutes or so. Um, but yeah, it was just, I think it was just the most blah version of this match they could have done. Hmm. And I, I don't know, just crown Finn or Cole in that one. I, I just don't get it. It doesn't make any sense to me. Yeah, I don't like obviously they do something like this to pop a rating. And I guess their rationale behind, um, you know, doing the, doing that finish and doing the match next week is to pop another rating. But it doesn't make sense to me because I don't understand why you wouldn't just do like this past week, maybe like Champa and Cole one-on-one 
Winner goes on to next week, and Balor and Gargano one on one. Winner goes on to next week, and then next week you do a singles Iron Man match to crown the champion or something like that. Would to me that would do the same thing. It would pop the ratings, and you wouldn't piss off the viewers by doing that kind of a finish, you know. So, and you know, frankly, if, if this is what you wanted to do, make it a thirty minute Iron Man match, not a freaking hour yeah. where you have morons like me who get excited about that kind of crap and feel like they wasted an hour of their life <laughs> especially you know it's when you have a full-time job and you have a kid it's not easy carving out time for this kind of stuff all the time that's that's what i did i made sure i carved off carved off some time for this match and it disappointed me to the point where i don't even know if i want to watch next week yeah no i totally get that and uh i i mean i agree with pretty much everything you said i think it's it's a lot to ask your audience to invest in a long match like that in an era where well, I shouldn't say people aren't used to long matches because those NXT takeovers oftentimes give us the 45-minute matches. But... I was going to say, I'm sure Triple H and HBK were jerking off the entire hour. <laughs> but, I mean, going into the match and knowing it's going to be that long, you know what I mean? And you you go in knowing it's going to be an hour is a little bit different from going in and having a match drawn out to be 45 minutes. You're sitting down knowing it's, it's going to be this long commitment. And uh, I think I think the, uh, the criticism is well-deserved on this one. And... Uh, you know, they, they probably won't see it because they did pop a good rating because, you know, partially they didn't have any AEW competition. You look at the last three weeks of NXT viewership and starting with yesterday, they did 849,000 viewers. They did 824,000 back on August 26th and they did 853,000 on August 19th. Those are the three weeks with no AEW head to head. Uh, those are the only broadcasts from NXT this year since January 1st that did over 800,000 viewers. So that kind of <laughs> leads directly into our next question. And when that is, or not question, but topic, there's been rumors that uh, NXT is looking at going to Tuesday nights moving forward. Uh, I think it was WrestleVotes that dropped this report, and I know both myself and Kyle reached out to some people to get some confirmation, but we haven't heard back. Uh, but it makes sense, because if you look at the head-to-head stuff on Wednesday nights, obviously it's hurting both shows. Uh, but it's 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 just look at from NXT's perspective. Those numbers tell the story. They're hurting their own viewership going head-to-head with AEW. So why not move to Tuesday? You're going to guaranteed pretty much do better viewership each and every week. Um, it, it's just going to help, help you out overall. I overall, like if you look at it, the Wednesday night war thing, I know WWE did it trying to take a bite out of AEW. Now people will deny that because they'll say, look, NXT was on Wednesdays first and it's true, but you know, they were on the WWE network and I don't think I don't know what the exact figures are, but a lot of people watch NXT on demand and not during the live stream. So, yes, they were on Wednesdays first, but from from AEW's perspective, Wednesday night was pretty much the only night that they could run. They didn't pick Wednesday nights to go head-to-head with NXT. You look at TNT, they got NBA on Tuesday and Thursday. Obviously, they weren't going to run Dynamite on Monday night or Friday night, and putting on the weekend would be death. So, Wednesday was when Dynamite had to be. Um... I think I think WWE very clearly made the decision to put NXT on head to head on the USA Network with AEW, looking to hurt them. But it, you know, it also hurts themselves because you're splitting up the audience a little bit. Um, if you look at what AEW has done in, in uh, the last couple of weeks, 
They've done 755,000 viewers two weeks ago. They did 813,000 viewers last week. Uh, we don't know what they have done for tonight's show. By the time you guys are listening to this, you might know. But AEW has drawn over 900,000 and over 800,000 viewers um, several times this year head-to-head. So, I mean, on the weeks where they were drawing 900,000 viewers, if there was no NXT, they're probably topping a million. Almost certainly, I would think. So they're going to be helped if NXT goes to Tuesday nights. And NXT, you know what? I think it's just a good move for them in general. Uh, what are your thoughts on the uh, the rumors that NXT could move to Tuesday, Justin? Uh, I think if they do that, Chris Jericho is going to be insufferable. <laughs> <laughs> he He's the guy that got NXT to move. The demo god reigns, right? I'm, You know, man, I'm not... You know, if you say the evidence points to it, I believe you, but... Part of me just, I don't see them making that big of an improvement by moving. I mean, how many wrestling fans want four nights of, of wrestling? Like the thing I like, I, I mean, the fact that they compete on Wednesdays draws me in because it's that thing of like, well, which one is going to do what to, you know, outdraw the other one. That pulls me in more than, you know, I, I don't know, man. I just, I th- we're getting to that, you know too much you know too much well if they go to tuesdays nxt is going to be competing with impact wrestling oh no <laughs> there's your there's your new war oh tuesday night wars yes there you go uh so i don't know i mean it's just a it's a strong rumor wrestle votes they're very credible uh, but they they dropped the report a little bit earlier on on wednesday and, and that's what's kind of going on right now so I think we can move on now to um, some kind of, well, it was sad when I first saw it, but uh, kind of uplifting to see the kind of stand that this guy made about it. So just about two hours before we recorded this show, uh, Dwayne Johnson, The Rock, put up a post on his Instagram page. It's like an 11 and a half minute video. And uh, he talks about how he, his wife, and his two little girls recently all tested positive for COVID-19. And when that hit, I mean, everybody was talking about it. The good news is the whole family is in recovery right now. They're no longer contagious. So this would have happened a couple of weeks ago. Uh, but they pretty much isolated entirely, he says in the video. Uh, I mean, it just it just goes to show you that anybody can get this. Even someone like Dwayne Johnson, who has a lot of money, who, who admittedly, he says in the video, was has pretty much been isolating since March. Uh, he hasn't been doing really any work. Uh, he's been wearing masks everywhere he goes. But he says that he and the family got it from a close family friend who were allowed to come to his house or, or they were gathering somewhere and uh, they were asymptomatic. And uh, he he said that those those friends of his, they have no idea where they got it because they've been very vigilant and very, very careful as well. But they passed on the virus to to he, his wife, and his two little girls. And The Rock said his little girls were you know, had some scratchy throats, but overall they were all right. But he and his wife, he says, had a really rough go with it and certainly wasn't pleasant. So at the end, he uh, he goes through, you know, realizing that he and his family are lucky that it didn't go worse for them, even though it was a rough going. And he basically gives three pieces of advice. He says everyone needs to wear their masks. He says that everyone should try to boost their immune system. He talks about like vitamins and nutrition and being healthy. And uh, he also says that if you're going to have any gatherings, even with close friends, 
he says you should uh, you should have those people get tested before you allow them to come to your home and uh Unfortunately, here in the United States, it, it kind of goes state to state how well the testing is working. I can tell you where me and Justin live here in Iowa. Our testing is terrible. And it would not right now. Actually, Iowa is the worst state in the United States for COVID spread. Uh, and here it'd be very difficult to do that. I think that is a great idea. And I wish we could. Um, I think uh, The Rock probably lives in a where does he live full time? Florida or California? I'm not even sure where he's living right now. I know he probably has multiple homes, but um I'm sure the testing accessibility is better in California than it is in Iowa. I'll say that. So, uh, you know, as far as masks go, keep your mask on you. Don't be like me and keep it in your car. Cause then what happens is your car's blocked in. So you take your wife's vehicle to the grocery store and you end up having to wear a flower pattern mask <laughs> while shopping. Yeah. <laughs> you know, that's really funny. So my mom's like really big into sewing and stuff. And when the pandemic started, she made us all like really good masks, but she used fabric that I was like, mom, this fabric's kind of feminine. Like some of them had cupcakes on them. Like, (laughs) I don't want to wear that into the store. So I like, I didn't want to hurt her feelings, but I eventually said like, could you make some with like Northern Iowa Panthers fabric or something like that? (laughs) And she did make me some more. So thank you, mom. But uh, you know, I, I get that. But, uh, no, I mean, just like The Rock says, this is, it's not, it shouldn't be political, guys. We want all of you out there listening to remain healthy. And just wearing a mask is the least we can do. Everyone wants to get through this. We want to get back to having pro wrestling in front of 20,000 people. And honestly, wearing a mask when you go out in public is the least you can do. It's not a big deal. Mask up. If it can happen to The Rock, it can certainly happen to anybody. Let's take some mailbag questions, Justin. We haven't done this in a few weeks, so I got two of them I've pulled. If you want to get involved, you're listening out there. We do these mailbag segments every few weeks, sometimes more often. just kind of depends what's on our agenda. If you send in a question to topropenation at gmail.com and we read the question on the air, we will send you a free Top Rope Nation die cut sticker in the mail. So send in your questions. We'll try to get them on the show. We've got two really good ones here. The first one, Justin, comes from Ian in Phoenix, Arizona. Ian writes in, if you could pick any four wrestlers in history to wrestle a four-way Ironman match, very timely here, Ian, who would you pick? Any four wrestlers in history to wrestle a fatal four-way Ironman match? Justin, what do you think here? The first thing that springs to mind is I just want to get the four sweatiest dudes in the in the match. Like maybe current Riddle, uh, late 80s Flair. Uh, I guess I'd maybe have to put Hogan in there. <laughs> um, oh, you know, mid-90s HBK is a good one. I just, I want them to, you know, need a sponge or a mop to clean up that ring afterwards. Yeah, <laughs> you're not my real answer. But that's the first yeah, thing that comes the, to mind. You're the uh, you're the sweat guy here on Top Rope Nation. Absolutely. <laughs> um, I'll tell you who I would have. I, you know, I know the match gets criticized a lot, but man, Bret Hart and Shawn Michaels. I I still really like that Iron Man match, and those guys were magic in the ring together. I'd give them another crack at it. I'd go Bret, Shawn, Flair because he was known for wrestling these. Long, long matches. And then for some current flavor, I'd throw Daniel Bryan in the mix. I'd yeah, go, that's that's the name I was thinking of. Yeah, Bryan, um, Flair, Michaels, Hart for me. 
obviously if I'm like, I'm a Mark like you and I have to think I have to put Bret Hart in there. <laughs> um, and I almost want to just put Bret Hart in there to have him work with the guys he never got to work with. Like, that makes me want to put angle in there. I think Brett and angle would be freaking amazing. Um, I want to put Cesaro in there. Uh, cause he can do about anything, you know, uh, I don't know who's, who would be the fourth. I almost kind of want a smaller guy like a Ray. Um, I think I'd want to do like a, like a Will Ospreay. Mm, okay. Somebody bounce off Cesaro and see what he could do with Brett. I think that would be an interesting, uh, foursome. I like putting Angle in the mix. That 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 would be a great great match. I like that. But yeah, great question, Ian. Oh, actually, uh, Styles. I'll go Styles. Okay. Styles and Brett. So Styles, Brett, Angle, and Cesaro. Yes. Nice. That's a hell of a match. Oh yeah. All right, and the other one we have. This comes from a longtime listener, Chad in Ohio. Chad writes in. Do you guys think Steve Austin was correct for turning heel at WrestleMania 17? He says the Austin versus Vince feud ran its course and the Austin character works best going up against an authority figure that Austin can run roughshod over. When Austin was a face in 2002, the WWE didn't know what to do with the character. Okay. If you go back into our archives in April... We asked Jim Ross this very question, and and he gave us his thoughts on it. My own opinion is that this was a terrible move. Um, I think you can look to business going downhill after this as evidence of that. I think just the location being at the Houston Astrodome, I don't think this was ever going to work. So I don't I don't think it was correct. Jr. talked about in his book how he tried to talk Austin out of it. Uh, I just don't see any way it could have worked. Chad wrote about how when Austin was a face in 02, the WWE didn't know what to do with the character. I think some of that, I mean, it goes back to 01. I think they had screwed up his trajectory so much since April of 2001 that he kind of got lost. You know, the, the heel run didn't work. He goes off with the alliance. You get to the fall. Uh, they turn him back face in the in the late fall. He goes into early 2002. And he's kind of lost in the shuffle because you have Triple H coming back. And Triple H was mega popular coming off of that injury. When he came back to the Garden in January 02, it's like one of the great pops of all time. So you knew that they were going to hot shot Triple H to the main event of WrestleMania. So he needed a heel to work with, which ended up being Chris Jericho. So you got Triple H at the top of the card with Jericho. Then you bring in the NWO, which wasn't great for Austin's trajectory either because Austin wasn't very happy about that. And, uh, Austin didn't want to work with Hulk Hogan because he didn't think Hogan could keep up with him. So then you've got Rock and Hogan. And then at best, you've got Steve Austin as like, what, your number three baby face at that point in time. And then in, as O2 went on, like they didn't have the worst ideas. I mean, him and uh, a young Brock Lesnar would have been a great feud. But then, you know, they made the mistake of wanting to do that on a Raw and a King of the Ring qualifier, I believe it was. And that's when Austin walked out. So I don't know that it's fair to say that Austin as a babyface in O2 was lost or that it wouldn't have worked or that WWE didn't know what to do with the character. I think they didn't know what to do with the character because so many errors were made. 
You know, if they had kept him face throughout 01, maybe things would have worked out different. But I think a series of decisions throughout that year and then the decision to bring in the NWO and then Austin kind of having this toxic working relationship at WWE throughout the middle of 02 and then leaving. I think all of that plays into the fact that he was lost and they didn't know what to do with him. So I think it all just goes back to that bad decision in, in 2000, early 2001, when they turned him at WrestleMania 17. So, yeah, I, I just don't think it could have worked. Uh, Justin, what's your own opinion on that? It, it's certainly all about execution. <clears throat> like, I mean, if if you keep him baby face, you, you know, you don't do the turn at X7. Yeah. It, that means you don't get the power trip where and I'm thinking maybe if you want if you're desperate for you know if Austin's really pushing for a heel turn I think you got to do it at the right time and place and uh, a Wrestlemania in Texas is not that time or place I mean I, there's no there's nothing you can do where you're going to get him booed in that way yeah um I you know I think you'd had to have done something with him you know for some reason he stayed babyface Triple H still got injured somehow, even though they w- weren't doing the the power trip. Uh, maybe you have Austin turn on him when he gets back. Cause like you mentioned, he was over in a huge way when he got back. Uh, didn't last very long. <laughs> I think the crowd got pretty <laughs> sick of him pretty quickly. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, like you, like you kind of said, there was a way, but it wasn't in that moment. That was not the time to do it. I mean, to that point in time, it's one of the biggest WrestleManias of all time in his home state. It just, it was destined to fail, I think. <laughs> it was it was definitely not the right time. And I'm glad you mentioned the, the two-man power trip because I did kind of like that when he was a heel. But, and that's another victim of circumstance, you know, with Triple H getting hurt. And then, then that doesn't really go forward. So, all right. So, guys, AEW all out this Saturday night. We'll be back with you with the post show, reviewing the show. Like I mentioned, sign up to the Patreon page and get the review right after we put it out late Saturday night. If not, it will hit your podcast feeds early, early Monday morning. Justin, great to have you back on the show, man. Good to be back. Happy to talk some wrestling with you. You know, the one thing I'll say real quick, I forgot to mention about that Iron Man match when I was very upset and slammed my laptop closed. Yes. I was so upset that I I had to fire up my career mode in FIFA, you know, my Tottenham career mode, and I got messy on the team just to make myself feel better. (laughs) Nice. Oh, I love it. Love it. All right, guys. Well, hey, follow us on social media. At Top Rope Nation. You can find Justin at Justin Joint. That's J-O-Y-N-T. I am at Ryan Drosty, D-R-O-S-T-E. The show is also on Instagram, at Top Rope Nation. The Twitter's at Top Rope Nation. We're on Facebook. And by the way, I can't believe I got through a full show without chilling it because Kyle and my, myself, we talked about it so much on the last episode. But yes, join the Top Rope Nation discussion group on Facebook. It's growing like wildfire. If you search Top Rope Nation Pro Wrestling Discussion, you'll find the group. Request to join. We'll approve you. You'll get in there. You'll talk with us each and every day and the 220 plus other people that are in the group about pro wrestling. we got some great discussions going on. We'd love to have you join in on the discussions. Check it out on Facebook.com. Search for Top Rope Nation Pro Wrestling 
discussion. So with that said, this has been episode 171 of Top Rope Nation. Catch you guys next time. Did somebody say playoffs? NBA and NHL are playing for the gold and our partners at Bet Online have you covered. Get in on all the action, including a new NBA bracket contest with plenty of chances to win. MLB season is pushing into fall and there's no shortage of ways to bet with hundreds of odds, futures, and props. So take advantage of the return of sports and remember, the casino never closes. Check it out all day, all night. Go to betonline.ag and use promo code BLUEWIRE to receive your welcome bonus. That's betonline.ag, promo code BLUEWIRE. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts.